0: We are in the mix here at New York Comic Con 2017, out in the hallway where all the noise is going, but you can still hear us. I'm Ben Morse, Marvel's uh, dire- editorial director of digital media, joined by Editor Eric Goldman. And we have none other than the one, the only, the great bearded Dan Slott.
1: I'm going through a tunnel.
0: <laughs> Hi, Ben Morse. Dan, it's always great to have you, man. How are you doing? How are you enjoying New York Comic Con?
1: We just had a massive Marvel meeting for three days straight in a room. I was there. And and bam! Right into New York Comic Con. Yeah. So I'm dried, man. How how are you?
0: How how do you survive something like this? How do you get through the creative panel where you were a big voice and then come to something like this right after?
1: I remember deep inside, there's an eight-year-old boy who loves Marvel comics and Spider-Man. This is the best job in the world. No, it's just, You pay me money, Ben. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I personally don't, but that's true. He does. He
2: does. That's how you do it. And I'm sick. <laughs> I, can I just mention that... I, Uh, This sick man, that I'm very upset with him because he made me cry because of Silver Surfer. Uh, I I, I found that very upsetting, and it got me emotionally. It it got me in my core, so well done.
1: That that was issue 13, yeah? Yes,
2: issue 13.
1: With hearing
2: 14.
0: Well, that's what I was just going to ask about because I feel like, Tim, we always talk about Spider Man, but this is our last opportunity to talk about Silver Surfer. So, with the run kind of in the rear view now, with the last issue coming out soon, what did you learn? What is new? Like, what did What did you come to appreciate about this character and the world you created for him?
1: Um, the the thing that I, I got the most out of this was the experience of working with Mike and Laura Allred. Yeah. They are the nicest people in comics. They're. Just nonstop positivity, they're, they just, you can't not work with them and get buzzed about what you're working on. They, they just bring this energy with them on everything they do, everything's just, gee whiz, <laughs> it's the best. I, I get happy when I see I, I have an email from Mike, because I know it I'm going to open it and rainbows are going to shoot out. There doesn't even have to be a gorgeous page of all red art in it, just Mike going, hey dude, I'm like, hey. Hey. Um, work, working with Mike, and and this is the longest I've worked with any artist in a row without a break. Really? Yeah, it's 29 issues of Surfer, all with Mike, the, uh, the point the one story we did before the launch with Mike, it's over 600 pages of material with Mike. No break, no guest artist, no guest writer, one writer, one artist all the way through. Uh, the way they used to do it, in the old days. And and now I'm spoiled. I want that on everything. But by the end of, um, you know, partway into the run, you become the couple that nobody wants to play Fictionary with, <laughs> you know? You, you get on that level. You're not with Spider-Man, because we at times we were putting out three issues a month or two issues a month. We constantly had to have multiple storylines and multiple art teams. And it was kind of <laughs> like, you're one of the guys from OK Go jumping from treadmill to treadmill. Like that, you know. It's Good like, analogy, yeah. Yeah,
0: He's kind of king of <laughs> the analogy. analogy.
1: And and it's great working with each team, but you're you're working on multiple stories at the same time, and you know how all the trains link up. Where when you're doing it month to month to month with one artist. You know, ideas can blossom, and new ideas can go one way, and ooh, the story can take on like a more organic feel, as opposed to this intricate thing you have to map out. Not that we didn't intricately map out everything on Surfer, you're going to get, in issue 14, two reveals, and you're going to see we played the long game. and. One of these things has been under your nose the entire time. You're gonna feel really silly. You never saw it before. You're gonna be like, oh my God, that was there, almost in every frame. Um, I didn't let Mike in on, on, uh, in on the secret until we hit around uh, issue seven of this volume um, because at that point we knew the end was coming. Uh, so I started telling Mike, what the end game was, what we were building towards. And when I told him the mystery thing, he was like, that's so cool! And then he started dipping his hand more in the art in issue 7. And I'm like, no, no, don't. Don't do it. Don't don't do it. it. Yeah. And he was like, but, but it's so cool. I'm like, bring it back in. Bring it back in. So I'm, I, I can't wait for people to see that. Um, with issue 13... When an issue leaves house, it goes through the um, proofreading team multiple times and the proofreaders aren't allowed to tell each other what they read because each proofreader when it gets their pass, they need to read it fresh with a fresh set of eyes. Everyone in the proofreading office on 13 was crying when they read it, and the other proofreaders were like, "What's going? I can't tell you." And we wrecked the entire proofreading team at Marvel oh, Comics. Yeah, we <laughs> oh, destroyed them because they were all just tears. I was getting these um, texts from Jackie Porte on, uh, you know, on my phone, going like, "What have you done to us?" <laughs> you know, and we got a we got a little bit of that on 14. We we got two of them crying. Not the full not the full boat, but yeah 14 14s a, we're really proud of how we wrapped everything up it's always been building to this um, that's exciting to tell a story from beginning to middle to end um, we got to end on our own terms um, there was a point where for sales Marvel really would have liked us to have end, uh, ended on issue 12 okay. and um, we made a, a bet with Breivort. We said, like, um, it was a
0: good way to do business. Yeah, no,
1: he said, like, if, if, if we win the Eisner, can we get two more issues? Yeah. And he was like, sure. You win the Eisner, you yeah. can have two more issues. And we did. So that was like, we were more proud of the fact that, like, you know, it was a great honor and it was wonderful. Um, but the fact that we got. Two more issues that nicely wrap up everything was, oh, that was, oh. Uh
2: Jumping over, because uh, you've got a lot of big things happening right now. You also just did a great story with one of my all-time favorite characters. I don't know why I was obsessed with him as a child, but the Green Goblin, uh, as horrible as he is, all-time favorite character. But, um, you know, he came back in an interesting way, and there was a nice fake-out in that issue as far as, like, I was like, whoa, are they, are they going into a big new direction with the goblin now he didn't go there at the end ability wise but he certainly seemed uh newly
1: motivated can you talk about uh where
2: where his path might lead him next
1: oh they had that gorgeous small wood art in that's it that's
2: what yeah. i was going to talk about oh my god that guy's great he's
1: amazing yeah. um that was that's like one of my favorite done in ones we've done in the whole run um that was a nice little rhyme you did. yeah <laughs> oh thank you yeah. uh, um, where, but we now seen that uh, Norman, he can't, because of events from Superior Spider-Man, he can't access the Goblin side of him. And we've seen an arc, you know, the way, that's how like Stuart Eminem blasted onto Spidey, was the arc where we see him trying to effectively be normal Osborn. Um, and using that to be more vicious and weird, because he's just going he's being straight it's like the cruel cunning of Norman Osborn with none of the madness Um, by the end of that story he realized that ain't doing it I need the goblin back but he can't access it It's, it's inhibited in his system things that Spidey and Doc Ock did he can't access the goblin so he's looking for ways to bring the crazy back
2: to be sick again. I love that. He's like
1: trying to be sick. He wants to be (laughs) sick because he knows the only time he's ever really hurt Spider-Man was when he had the madness of the Goblin behind him. Um, So he's on a he's literally on a crazy quest (laughs) and we're gonna see where that goes in the not-too-distant future. I
2: like the name Crazy
1: Quest by the way. Thank you. And oddly enough at issue, thanks to legacy numbering, we're at issue 789. Ooh. So it feels like there's a ticking clock to Spider-Man 800.
0: Dan, how many issues of Spider-Man have you written at this point?
1: It is coming up on 170 issues. It's incredible. Congratulations. It, yeah, I I've done the math and i've used bendis math. In no, no. <laughs> there's real math and bendis the math. Scariest of i know. <laughs> <laughs> and in either version i am still um, uh, six or eight issues behind Brian. Uh. <laughs> so I, everything's fine.
2: <laughs> what is it about the character? i mean, he's obviously a all-time classic character. But what is it about him that keeps him so fresh for you that you know, you have been able to kind of keep going with him and want to keep telling stories about him.
1: Spider-Man is my favorite character in all of fiction. Not just superheroes, not just comics. We're talking Hamlet. Screw that guy. <laughs> you no, know, Spider-Man. He's the, <laughs> he's the greatest character ever made. Um, I will. I will never get sick of telling stories with Spider-Man. Um, there's a lot of people out there that freak out because. The character's been around for over 50 years, and one of the tricks of writing this character for this long is, you gotta do something to shake it up. You gotta do something that no one's done before. And a lot of times, that puts fans in a very uncomfortable spot, because it's kinda like you go to your favorite restaurant, you order your favorite meal, you want it, what have you done to the recipe? You know, you, you made him a billionaire Playboy industrial? No! No! Spider-Man doesn't do that. You know, you, you put Doc Ock's brain in his head? No! No, don't stop! You know. But to me that's the fun, is what can I do to Spidey? Um, but one of the things we've been building to, which is also fun, is we are leaning into the legacy of it. We're finding a new way, a way you haven't seen before, to fold Spider-Man back into the Daily Bugle. So we're going to be back with old friends and old supporting cast members, and the book's going to start feeling, oh, okay, this is this is that, I'm getting the meal right again. They got the recipe right. But we're putting some spices in that you haven't seen before. Uh, its He's not going back to just... Being, I have Greg Capullo making faces. Stop making faces. Come to Marvel. Draw some Spider-Man. Now. Hi, everybody. It's me, Greg Capullo, and I love Dan Slott. Aww. Greg, Greg, it's audio. Put on your pants. They can't see that. Put them back on, Greg. I love them, but not that much. (laughs) Marvel, our universe. <laughs> you got cameos. Yeah. <laughs> I know, <a> <laughs> See, that's the beauty of being out in the hallway. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're gonna be out in the hallway, and people are gonna hear like, Red Volvo, your lights are on. Red <laughs> Volvo. No, We got no, Greg, Abulo. We get get Greg Bulo, pantsless. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right, Dan, take us home. Take us home. What do you? What else can you tease for what's coming up in, uh, in Spidey? What's what's coming up over the next legacy bit?
1: Ooh. We've got coming up on the stands really fast. We're gonna get uh, Human Torch back in the book. Yes. Uh, if you remember uh, during during the uh, worldwide run, Spidey bought Peter bought the Baxter Building, and now he's broke. Uh oh, uh oh, and <laughs> we're gonna deal with that. Um we're also gonna we're developing uh Spider-Man's romance with Mockingbird. Nice Um Another Morse. Yeah, another Morse <laughs> Gotta type. Gotta type. And we're um what's fun is we've seen him with Black Cat, who's kind of villainous at yeah. times yeah. and yeah and now we're seeing him with him dating a, a cape dating a mask what's yeah. what's that going to be like um we're also building up to a big crossover with venom yep. uh venom ink well it's not it's, it's, it's not it's, 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 it's venom ink yeah. kind of like people are thinking oh it sounds like other things we've heard of that have the word incorporate. It at the end. No, it's more like murder ink. Oh. Yeah. We're going a completely different way. And it's fun because venom, it's black ink, black venom ink. It's very venom very ink. Clever. Oh, it's beyond clever. Um, you're you're going to see uh Flash Thompson folded back into the book nice. in a way that has now been spoiled. <laughs> if you look around the internet. Uh if you'd rather not have it spoiled, don't look around the internet. Um and what else? Uh yeah, and then pretty much uh, once we clear Venom Inc. where you'll see some big new developments, um you're going to we're gonna keep our, our foot on the gas. Uh, We're going to crank up the accelerator. We're going to go full blast all the way towards Spider-Man 800. Yeah. Yeah, It
2: is amazing. Amazing
0: Spider-Man 800. You did 700 and you did
1: 600, 600. right? Yes. I've done 600, 700. This will be 800. Well, Dan, it's always
0: fun to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time to uh, sit with us in this crowded hallway. Eric, thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. Eric. Thank you, (laughs) and thank you, Marvel listeners. This is Marvel, your universe.